Welcome in to Inside Carolina's Own to Beat Live. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's John Bowman. That is Jamel. I knew I was going to do it. I literally knew I was going to do that. And uh, <laughs> Kane's game. Jeremiah Holloway will not happen again, I promise. Um, you know who I'm thinking about, Jeremiah. Who's way time I'm thinking about Jamel Holloway that played for Oklahoma, ran the triple option, and destroyed Carolina twice back in 87 and 88. That's how yeah. old I am. So please <laughs> forgive me. Jeremiah, of course, is Inside Carolina's newest beat writer, Adam Smith. Um, I'm going to quote Adam Smith just a second ago. I will be parachuting in soon. Start without me. Um, so Adam is having, I think, the hamsters running the wheels of his Wi-Fi at home or, or causing issues. Jeremiah, so it's all on you, my friend. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, you know, logging in a little late this uh, this uh, this Wednesday evening man but uh i'm doing well i've uh, been here since last week my first official day was that spring game so uh you know going well getting myself caught up to speed a little bit getting to know people on staff and, and all that good stuff so uh so far so good man i can't complain yeah so just so folks understand um you're not new to north carolina and to right. north carolina's sports program just sort of catch us up a little bit on on how you became a tar heel um, student, and then what you did while you were here, and then, you know, why you decided to go south of the border a little bit for a while. Yeah, so uh, I guess kind of backtracking a little bit. So I uh, I graduated from from Page High School back in uh, back in 2018, and so you know when I was coming out of uh, college, or I guess while I'm sorry, when I was still in high school, um, you know, I was I was getting a little bit into journalism. Um, I guess kind of fun fact, I was actually a little more interested in uh, graphic design at the time. And so it just happened that graphic design was a part of UNC's journalism program. Uh, but, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know, I just kind of, I was an IB student, um, international baccalaureate when I was in uh, high school. And you had to write a lot. So I kind of, I guess, had a natural, uh, you know, kind of, I kind of built on the, the writing skill a little bit. And I kind of coupled that with my interest in sports. And so um, when I got to UNC, uh, the first publication I actually wrote for was a uh, it was an organization called Black Inc., which is in the uh, US, UNC's uh, Black Student Movement. So I started off doing that. Then I joined the DTH my sophomore year, um, you know, at UNC, obviously. And then this was actually right before COVID hit. So I was kind of learning and developing uh, my journalism, my full time journalism, like kind of during COVID. So um, but yeah, so was doing that. I interned with the uh, Raleigh News Observer after my junior year. Uh, my senior year, I was on. I was one of the editors uh, on the sports team, um, and then obviously, you know, graduated and had opportunity to cover the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks women's basketball team. Um, it's my first job out of college, so I did that for a season. Covered some football too, and covered obviously the women's basketball team. And then, you know, had a chance to come back to a to an area that I'm familiar with, and so. Uh, you know, coming back and, you know, having some familiar with familiarity with obviously UNC, you know, having been a student and having grow, grown up around, uh, growing up in North Carolina. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, kind of long story short, now I'm uh, now I'm here. Yeah. Well, Tommy, a, 
Tommy. Let me tell you, I'm just happy to have someone else uh, who knows how to use an iPhone, who, <laughs> you know, is, is a member of Gen Z like me. We're balancing the scales here. I like to see it. So, right. Jeremiah, what they do... <laughs> What they do is they pick on the old guy here, right? Mm-hmm. And, but but just watch it. I've got friends in the chat <laughs> that will uh, set folks straight. Is that right? And, and you see there's one right now picking on me because I, I literally blew your name on the first go-round. <laughs> so, uh, you saw it, it coming. Look, <laughs> I, yeah, really. But a uh, couple things interesting about your background. You graduated from Page, which is yeah. a direct rival of Grimsley. Yeah. which is uh, we have too many whirly birds talking about around here. So it's good to have a page person, even though I have uh, a bad history with Greensboro page high school football wise, but that was a long, long time ago. I'll tell that story at some point, okay. um, but yeah, to John's point, And this is what I mentioned on, on the beat last week. And I've told people um, it is cool to get somebody um, that's, I don't want to say younger, but, younger and more connected to the current deal. I mean, you were a student, um, somebody who's picking on you for graduating high school in 2018, which blows my mind, but that's pretty awesome. And you, you were there at North Carolina, but what you did is you sort of got away from here a little bit and you covered sports at South Carolina. Now there is no love lost between North Carolina and South Carolina. We know that, (laughs) but you were able to go down there and cover one of the preeminent sports programs there is these days and that's the South Carolina Gamecock women's basketball just sort of talk about that experience a little bit covering I mean that's that's as high level as it gets in women's basketball and quite frankly I told you this earlier this afternoon they are a bigger basketball program right now success wise than North Carolina men's for sure and and so just sort of speak to that experience and, and what you gained from that down there for sure. So for, for those who, who don't know, uh, when I joined the state newspaper, um, the Gamecocks women's basketball team just won the national championship. So they won it uh, in, 20, in 2022. They beat UConn out in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. So I actually covered the, the reigning champion team. And honestly, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, I thought they were going to repeat as champions this year. They brought back Aaliyah Boston, who just went number one overall. Zaya Cook was on the team. You had Leticia Mihir, Bree Beal. These are all players that got drafted. Um, but, you know, it was obviously a, a really great opportunity because people down there really care about that team, uh, you know, and they'll let you know it for sure. Um, you know, so this is a team that uh, was obviously – they were ranked number one the entire year. So, actually, matter of fact, they were ranked number one all of the year before too. So, they were wired to wire number one two years in a row, um, and they went undefeated throughout the regular season undefeated all the way to the final four ended up losing to Iowa out there in Dallas but that was a great opportunity to cover a team like that and to kind of see some of those uh storied women's basketball teams as well because I got to do a road game at UConn got to do a road game at Tennessee so those are kind of the the premier teams in women's basketball South Carolina's right up there now too I mean you have to put them up there I know they didn't win the championship this year but what but with what Dawn Staley has done since she's got there I mean you know there have only been, uh, you know, two, I guess, multi-time champions since 2016, which is the last time UConn won. So, matter of fact, there's only been there's only been one multi-time champion since 2016, the last time UConn won. South Carolina is that team 
And the reason I said two initially is because there are two coaches that have won more than one since then because Kim Moki just got it. So, um, but I say all the same, man. I mean, it, it was great to, to cover a team that, you know, had so much attention on it. And, you know, obviously it has a lot of success that kind of goes with it. So, you know, great opportunity and um, definitely something that kind of helps me build my professional career and, you know, excited to bring that uh, into to IC to cover, uh, you know, the UNC teams that people also are very passionate about and care a lot about too. Absolutely. Now, somebody in chat asked, um, Caitlin Clark in person. <laughs> what do you think? And that's spelled wrong, George. So don't pick on me on getting names wrong. With, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. With a C. <laughs> yeah, it is going wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was uh, it like to see her play in person? Because she's uh, bad. And yeah, she, that is that is a really good. So the one time that I saw her live in person, obviously, was in Dallas. 41 points, man. I mean, I – and it was so interesting because, you know, so she has 41 points and she's 6 of 6 from the foul line, but four of those were like, kind of late game and you had to kind of foul to extend the game. So she really got a lot of that offense just off of the shot she was making. So she really, in the flow of the game, only got to the line like the one time. Or maybe she had an and one, so she moved twice. I can't remember. But, um, you know, that was incredible. But the passing ability, I think a lot of times you watch Caitlin Clark, people call her, you know, the Steph Curry of the women's game because she takes those deep threes. And that's obviously all impressive and all of that. But it's the passing ability that really, to me, sets her apart because then it's like, you know, you can double her, but she knows where the open man is and, and things like that. But she, I'm, I'm not going to discount the scoring. I mean, obviously, you see all that, and she has a lot of quickness to her, things like that. So, I mean, watching a player like that up close, man, I mean, it was uh, it was definitely a sight to see. I, I will tell you that. It was a sight to see. One of the best individual performances of any game that, obviously, I've ever seen in my young career. I mean, that's like right up there, man. Sure. Yeah, and um, and I don't want to talk about you know now Iowa basketball too much, but I listened to a podcast with her, <clears throat> with Haley Jones, the Stanford um, young lady that has a show, and she has all the athletes. She's had Deja Kelly on there, yeah. and she talked about um, her ability to pass the ball has a lot to do with her being six feet tall, yeah. and she can see over everybody. But yeah, she's amazing, and, and yeah. she'll be back next year. Um, it, yeah. I will say this. I was never a huge fan of women's basketball. Um, obviously, I watched Charlotte Smith hit the shot um, in 94. This is way before almost Adam's time, too. But in 94, to, to win the national championship for Sylvia Hatchell in Carolina. But I watched that Final Four all the way through. And I've heard Charles Barkley talking about it and saying the same thing that he never really watched. But I watched the women's Final Four all the way through and did not watch the men's all the way through. Obviously, right. Carolina not there. But anyway, it's fascinating that you got that opportunity. Now you're here with Inside Carolina. Now you're so. here alongside Adam Smith, who is uh, fighting Wi-Fi issues as well. Adam, what turned says on my you? parents' computer by mistake in front of me. <laughs> That's why I'm purple. I just hit the out. Uh we we wing it here, folks. I've I'm said in my over and over. I have texted my brother. I hope he's getting on here. I'm in my brother's boyhood room here. You can, if you're watching, you can see a UNCW diploma on the back <laughs> wall there. I That's think some fancy some my, uh, wallpaper up there. I mean, my God, I think there's some of my mother's beautiful cross stitching here. <laughs> oh shoot! Uh, oh, okay, so the computer just cut off. I'll try not to hit the. It's unbelievable. Um, but, uh, 
I was spending a lot of time in Chapel Hill today and I got the heads up uh, that uh, something had gone wrong with the Wi-Fi. My daughter was losing her mind because um, <laughs> all she does is go to high. She goes to high school. She comes home and does homework. It's, I mean, she's I have no idea. She she's more driven. <laughs> I could use some of that drive. But um, but anyway, it's a it's a mess around here in Mebane. Uh I don't know what's going on. I don't know if somebody dug in the wrong spot and knocked something out. <laughs> Be knocked out well uh you've got some help now in jeremiah to to help you out with the inside carolina stuff adam just just briefly um give jeremiah a heads up what it's been like after the season don't even talk about what goes on during the season it's pure chaos but after <laughs> the season these days what's it been like for you man i mean what's the what's the slogan there is no off season i guess that's uh who was the ad wizard that came up with that one um buck sanders ben sherman and the inside carolina crew yeah i see we've got shirts i don't wear it um because i sweat too much but it is a great shirt it's a great logo it's a great saying for sure it's so hilarious that joey powell's in the comments here because i saw when i first got on i was like oh joey's getting some jokes off here i saw he had a south carolina jokester you know Joey, do, do Joey, we need some commitment pods, man. Get to work. <laughs> Joey, um, someone told me today that you have such a great voice for radio, and that is the God's honest truth. Uh, nice. He may or not may not be Jim Hawkins, I see photographer. So, um, face for radio as well, too, Joey. He said he has <laughs> such a good voice. I was explaining to, we're doing some uh, interviews for our uh, writing intern writer position that Jeremiah and I will be in charge of kind of a little scary thing there but um you know I, I mentioned you know some possible radio appearances tommy with you and and joey on game days and uh jim was right there at my at my at my side and he said oh joey just has such a wonderful voice just love listening to them look the man wears a size eight hat already yeah <laughs> joey rule number one don't mess with don't argue with somebody that uses gets ink by the barrel. That's old newspaper reference. <laughs> and don't argue with the man with the microphone and a mute button because you'll never win. It, it is a fast. No, but seriously, Joey and, and the work he does with Inside Carolina Live on Saturdays and then with the 40 Club stuff and certainly the Coast to Coast podcast. For that crowd, it's been crazy busy as well. I mean, we're, we're going to get into sort of the transfer portal aspect of both teams here, the football and basketball. Um, but to the point about there is no off season, Jeremiah, it is like you think when the season's over, well, it might slow down and it used to, you know, right. it would, you know, whenever Carolina lost out in basketball, I love covering baseball. So I'm going to do that. But for the most part, things were chill. You got back in August and the teams were what they were. And guys just got older. Yeah. Not, not you really could anymore. disappear for a little bit. I mean, you really could sort of like, okay, I'm just going to read a book and concentrate on my uh, body, <laughs> you know, like right. get, get myself <laughs> in better shape. But yeah, like, I mean, case in point today, I was about to, I was about to get in the car. Yeah. And uh, the, the Don Chapman news, it was very, very fortunate that, you know, if it was, a five minute difference. I could have been on the road for 30 or 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was super lucky uh, with, with Don Chapman and not, not, not that he got in the portal, but for a reporting aspect of trying to get it covered. um, Mm -hmm. That was, so what's the deal there? I I mean, 
you know, I fully expected, and I said earlier today with Don Callahan, our recruiting show, I was surprised that nobody was in the portal yet from North Carolina. It opened Saturday. Right. And here we are the 19th. What, what do you think sort of brought about Chapman's decision to get out now or to get in the portal now? Obviously, it's something that's been coming this week. But, you know, is that the last of it for North Carolina? Do we have a clue, Adam, um, and, and what was Chapman's, what'd you learn sort of um, in the process of writing your article and preparing that information for Inside Carolina folks? Well, I think that if we're taking Mac at his word um, about how he talked to us a couple of days ago after the spring game, which is something he says often about being transparent and their position coaches, you know, being open and honest, you know, Mac is all about an open and honest discussion with the assistant coaches. He's all all the time saying that's what he wants to happen between player and assistant coach. So if we're taking Mac at his word about what he said as recently as four days ago, I would assume that Don Chapman had a conversation with Charlton Warren um, and may have asked him how much, you know, how many snaps am I looking at here? Who's in the mix at safety? And I think I would say that Don, this is a, not intel that we have, but a guess that Don Chapman got some sort of, response that he might not have liked now don obviously is a west coast guy you know i thought it was a cool thing that um he started the bowl game in san diego he's from san diego um you know maybe he wants to get back closer to home for this will be his fifth year of college football that could be a thing but um also i would think that you know max said what jeremiah we were in there together you know max said that there were going to be some uh, some hard conversations, some real conversations, and I I would assume that Don might have gotten some news that, you know, there's a lot of guys in the mix at safety and cornerback, and maybe maybe Don was not as high on the the totem pole as he would have liked to have been. Um, they certainly have a bunch of different options back there. Yeah, and they're bringing in Antavis Lane. I assume that's still a thing and still he's happening. Coming, he's in coming June. in May, supposedly. I mean, yeah. uh, in June. And that's from Georgia State guy. John Bowman, get in here. Join the party. Yeah, I think this one reminds me a little bit of the Quirion Johnson transfer that we saw on the offensive line last fall where you have a guy who's in the mix, in the rotation, um, but I think we can be honest too about Don Chapman's limitations. I don't think he's a super high-ceiling guy. So I think he he looked around, much like Quirion Johnson did at the beginning of, of last fall season, and said, hey, you know what? Maybe I'm going to take my talents elsewhere or you know, look for other opportunities. So I don't think this is a huge loss for UNC football. My big take, though, is I'm a little bit worried about you, Tommy. I know that your favorite player is the backup quarterback. I, just like everyone else watching here, I'm sure watched the spring game. And I was a little bit concerned about what I saw out of UNC's backup quarterbacks. I think that that is a position of need for UNC in the transfer portal. So that is my hot take. I think UNC should go and pursue a veteran backup quarterback for the fall. And I'll even throw a name out there for you. Hayden oh, Wolf, the old Dominion quarterback. Uh, he is in the portal, I believe. That's the name. I would go get someone with lots of college experience. And, you know, you can be honest with Connor Harrell and Tad Hudson and say, you know, this guy's just here for one fall. His job is emergency quarterback in case Drake May gets hurt hurt, but I think that's a position of need for the UNC football program. Let me ask you this, and I will get, I want Jay's thoughts and Adam's. 
why would I transfer if I want to play to a place where I'm not going to play? That's what I would ask John. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. like, uh, who is this old Dominion quarterback, John? Is it the dude that's with the is a younger brother? Who was the guy that was at Old Dominion? He's with the Washington Commanders now. Who's Heineke. Tyler there you Heineke. go. Scrappy white boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but 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 why would anybody want to? First of all, Don and I talked about that today. Go back and listen to the podcast. Don's take was that Mac just sort of threw in quarterback when he was talking about portal and all that. Mm-hmm. Mac usually doesn't say what he doesn't mean. Right. Um, and, and so that's an interesting thing. But if I'm Connor Harrell, and I'll fr- free, freely say it, they bring in a, 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 a first of all, you got to bring in a quarterback that's not going to play, which that makes no sense. And second of all, if I'm Connor Harrell, I'm peacing out as soon as that happens. I, I mean, mm. kids want to play. What do you think, Jeremiah? Would you? I, would. I think he's good. En- I think Harrell's good enough to be the guy. The cool thing about uh, John's joke about me and the backup quarterback. It's been that case for 20 years, but the thing <laughs> is, is there's always a backup quarterback on the roster. I've always got a favorite player. Just no my, the names change. What you think about this whole deal? I will say this in defense to obviously, you know, John's take. I mean, you never know like what's going to happen to anybody. You never know. It's going to be Drake. Man, you never know. Like, you, so, I mean, you would rather be prepared, I guess, in those situations. Now, I will say someone getting caught up to speed and things of that nature watching that spring game yeah i mean the 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 play of the backup quarterbacks in general uh was not kind of it wasn't promising you know i think a team like north carolina that has a drake may yeah i mean like you know we'll probably rely on drake a lot to do you know if you're carolina you're saying we'll rely on drake a lot to kind of do what he does um you know i think and i'm not familiar with the old new quarterback so maybe (laughs) it is a situation where i say hey like i can develop under this Heisman potential guy for like a year and then I don't know maybe I can compete for a job the year after that and now though the many guys are senior that's a little different but um I will say but even if you take him out of it yeah if you're someone that maybe he's like you know a good mid-major quarterback and you're kind of looking around the landscape and you're like I'm not really getting noticed here maybe if I go to you know one of these power five schools develop under a year under a pretty talented guy and then maybe I can get my spot you know, obviously you have to earn that spot, but, you know, that could be a, a certain conversation. I will say also, just speaking generally too, Mac literally said it after the uh, after the game or after the spring game. He was like, yeah, some of these guys that you saw, you know, a few minutes ago might not be here in a couple of days. And it's just funny to think, it's just, it really is just funny to think about that, that how that is, you know, really reality. I mean, I, you know, the Chapman news, like, I feel like I really just saw the guy, you know what I mean, the other day. And like, obviously he's going to be on another team soon. So, um yeah, I mean, that's definitely the reality right now. That's definitely – and I'm pretty sure that a lot of the, the graduate transfers kind of have they, – they're not as restricted to some of those other portal um, kind of regulations the way that I kind of understand it. But, um, I mean, I don't know. It would be interesting. I'm interested to see kind of what happens in the running back room just because there, there's been more talk about can we get – you know, UNC talking about can we get a more of a number one guy rather than doing it by committee. You want depth, yes, but – I mean, there's just a lot of faces in that room. I think UNC is going to have to kind of, you know, establish a guy soon. And whoever that guy does not end up being, you know, maybe they kind of look into into leaving as well. But I mean, they've they're that's an interesting group just because like the injuries probably as well. So 
uh, I'm interested to see what happens with that, you know, as long as this, as long as this portal still open. It's just to add to that, just to add to that, like, you know, I mean, going back to, to, to Tommy's point that Mac, Mac really doesn't have to say anything that he doesn't want to say. And, uh, yeah, we try to listen to him closely. That was the last question Saturday, uh, when, when, uh, Carolina sports information director, Jeremy Sharp said two more questions. I was like raising my hand, <laughs> try to get the very last one in because we have spent so much time thinking and talking about who they might lose, you know, gasp George Petaway, you know, yeah, that's that's the fear, right? Is one of those talented running backs or a guy like Andre Green, you know, like one of these blue chip recruits that were such a recruiting win. But I, I did not know what Mac was going to say, but the portal obviously goes both ways. I didn't know if he had any thoughts on that. So that's why I asked him that question. If there were any needs he thought they needed to address and he could have easily said like, you know, he could he could have given how many answers questions has Mac Brown answered over the course of his career? He could have said anything. He could have said nothing. But I thought it was super fascinating that he said you're always on the look for a quarterback and offensive lineman. I mean, I thought that was I thought that was about as telling as it gets in April after a spring game. Um, you know, now I have no idea what that means. And I think, you know, John John has done some great research with, you know, who you could get. But, yeah, like, and it is a thought I have had. Someone said it on the message boards, and it's the exact thought that I have had is that it feels like Carolina's starting quarterback in 2024 is not on their roster right now. Mm. Just, just get that sense around the program. Maybe it is Connor Harrell. Maybe I am uh, crapping on him too much, but – uh, I just I have had and and I this very well could be wrong, but I just have had the feeling that you know whenever this season is over that we're going to go into the portal and find a guy to be the 2024 starting quarterback because um, it just seems like those guys behind Drake are kind of a long ways off. You know, it's such a different vibe than think about a couple of years ago when you had Sam Howell, Jacoby Criswell, and Drake May, <laughs> like. You know, those guys were capable. Uh, and I'm not saying Connor Hero isn't, but that's just the feeling that that I have gotten. Uh, who knows? I mean, would they try to find a left tackle in the portal? Um, you know, I don't know. It's it's there's so many different ways you could go with it. I mean, look what the roster building's like in basketball. You know, Max said what he said, we're always on the lookout for starters, you know. So I think Pat Suttis and those guys keeping a pretty close watch on that. And who also knows? Who else they might lose? You know, you might lose a guy that you feel like you need to find a guy to replace him. Yeah, it's interesting. Couple one PSA for this, um, folks of us that are streaming the Hurricanes game, it might be behind. So if you're in the chat, Joey, <laughs> don't spoil goals because I had just seen the Islanders take a three-two lead, um, and then y'all are yelling goals. So I didn't know who y'all were pulling for. <laughs> so you know, with the advent of streaming and all, everybody's Wi-Fi is a little slower or whatever. So. Keep the excitement to yourself until we see it live. Carolina Hurricanes 3-3. I was there Monday night. That place is nuts. If oh, you nice. Never, you were there? If, if you have never been to a Hurricane playoff hockey game, I don't care if you don't like hockey, go. There is very little um, that rivals it um, with 
just the excitement, the loudness, the chaoticness. It's awesome. Anyway. Uh oh, I, I see the headline on the message boards right now. Tommy Astley says, great atmosphere at PNC Arena. You're gonna get into well, big trouble yeah. for was that. Davis on the siren tonight. <laughs> yep, R.J. Davis. Yeah, he was. On the siren. Yeah. I bet you he got booed. I know yep. when uh, Marquise does it a lot, he gets booed heavily <laughs> over there. But yeah, Brady Manick did it last year, right? I think. Yep. Yeah, he got he booed like crazy. It's uh, it's 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 a different color red the Hurricanes wear, and uh, they own the building. That other team just rents it, so it is a great atmosphere. I can't lie though. It's a Look, I covered the NC State, first Carolina and North Carolina State game there, um, and it was insane then when that building opened. It's like that every playoff game for the Hurricanes. Wow. What about – what else with this portal now? Y'all, y'all have mentioned running backs. Here's my question, and Adam, you can start it, and, and since Jeremiah went so much in detail about it, is those tough conversations, how do you have tough conversations with guys that don't – that aren't healthy, right? Like Caleb Hood. How do how do how does Carolina know what Caleb Hood can do other than maybe a three game stretch earlier this year um, or, or last year? It's a fantastic question. And shout out Sherelle in the chat with the ESA reference. That's what it was the Entertainment and Sports Arena when it yeah. opened before. Page Arena. That. Also, shout out George, my guy George Jenkins. I've been loving some of those comments. I saw the Playboy comment, George. That's hilarious. Um, if I ever see in real life, I do have a Playboy story for you. Um, so just get ready. Uh, I'd be yeah. on super premium. <laughs> yeah. Super yeah. premium after dark. Uh, but shout out, George. Rail with the ESA. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Max said it one time. He might have said it, I don't know, privately when I was walking through the hallway with him one day to get a drink of water or something. But he has – he said to me one time, like, you know, Caleb Hood's always hurt. hurt. Like you just said, um, that's no I, secret. Right. But I was like, you know, like, uh, but yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I don't think UNC wants to lose a talent like a George. Anybody. Yeah. Um, I don't think you want to do that for a num- number of reasons. Um, but, and I'm not saying they are going to, and I've seen some people postulate on the boards that that's fine. And they're not, he's not going anywhere. But yeah, Caleb Hood for but you know his his freshman year, I think he played two or three games. He had a nice game against UVA in Keenan, I remember, and then he was hurt the rest of the season. And then what? Last year he had become the starter. Um, Looked really good at App, I believe. Yeah, I think he. I feel like he played well Miami too. I could be making that up. He had a great run against had a like a seventy four yard run against App when they needed it when App was flying all around the place and scoring whatever it was, 40 points in the fourth quarter. Um, it's a good point. I mean, I don't know. I, I, how honest can you be? I don't know. You say, like, dude, you've been hurt too much. You know, like, I don't know. I think that's an excellent question. I don't have a good answer for you. But um, I don't I think you're going to lose those dudes. But I don't know what you do with that. Yeah, and I found it interesting. Um, Jason Staples, when we talked about on that Sunday night show – recapping spring and all he thought there's little doubt that british brooks will be two of those or be one of the two plus ones somewhere in there and that was surprising to me because brooks is another guy who look what he's done for the program 
the, the role he's played on special teams and all. And then we got his opportunity against NC State. Um, and he had an opportunity against Texas A&M, but him and uh, Henderson couldn't get it done in that Orange Bowl. Um, but he ob- obviously has um, the chops to do it. Can he do it consistently? Can he stay healthy? Um, obviously, he's looked healthy now. I still can't believe he doesn't have a, right, uh, a mm-hmm. knee brace on. But I was surprised that Jason thing, was so healthy. I was saying the same thing to Jeremiah. This guy, this guy's eight months removed from yeah. ACL surgery. He's not wearing any brace anywhere. Yeah. Nothing. Not even a That is he, – he is he's a lot wow. tougher than I am. <laughs> I mean, and granted, <laughs> most are. But I'm having a sleeve or a brace or something. But, yeah, but you've got guys – you've got so much competition there. You've got a lot of talent there. Um, and you can't rely – of course, injuries happen, right? But you can't rely on somebody that gets injured often. It's a tough, it's a tough mix, and they're in a tough spot there. Um, a lot of people – let's talk about um, the O-line. A lot of people want to talk about that, and I'm going to kick it to you guys to talk about it. But I'm going to say this, and I said it the other night, Three different offensive line coaches have now laid eyes on most of these guys that are on that roster, with the exception of Willie Lampkin. The depth chart reflects what Clements believes, but it also reflects how they were able to do it with Bicknell and with Searles. So at some point, guys that aren't on that depth chart, they either don't belong on that depth chart or they need to work and get on that depth chart because I don't I, – I find it hard to believe that coaches don't want to play the best guys. What do you think, Adam? I mean, yeah. that's just the way I think. If, 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 if I look at you and say, well, you stink, the next guy looks at you and say, well, you're really good, you're the best guy we've got, blah, 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 and then the third guy comes in and says he's really good, then I was wrong with my take. You know what I mean? So now here we are coming out of spring. They've got four offensive linemen that they know are solid. They need a fifth. Adam, your take. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Slagle's wrong with – for those of you who aren't watching, it says, you know, he'd take two starters in the portal if he could find them. You know, I mean, I think that with Zach Rice, for instance, I just – I think that they're – it's going to be a while. You know, I think that if you think about – um the offensive and defensive lines, the guys that usually shine there are older dudes. And this will be what Zach Rice's second year of college football, right? Uh, if I've got it right, um, you know, yep. there are going to be fifth year and sixth year guys that are just sort of ahead of you physically at that position. Look at who's starting at center, Corey Gaynor. It's going to be his sixth year of college football. Um, he is a grown man. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be tw- turning 25 this year. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Zach Rice is not too That's far removed from his high school prom. Um, but, yeah, like, it is going to be really interesting to see what happens if, with the offensive line if they don't address it in the portal this time. You only got 15 days. And, you know, uh, like Spencer Rowland, for instance, wasn't even with the UNC team at this time last year. So he was still trying to graduate from Harvard, of all places. <laughs> uh, you know, so, I mean, that's your starting right tackle. He gets here in the summer. His business school classes at UNC are all kind of screwed up 
with and he's having to miss practice. He had to miss practices in preseason camp because of his business school uh, requirements. So I don't know how you feel about William Barnes at left tackle. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I know Jeremiah has not watched this thing much yet. He's just getting his uh, getting his getting himself set up. But how, how do you go from being what Williams Barnes? William Barnes was UNC's right guard <laughs> last season. Started all the games. Now he has moved out to left tackle. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to go. It, it, obviously, they believe that he can play there if if they put in there. And I don't think there's anybody that's going to take him out. I don't think Travion Green, who's been hurt and working his way back, is going to be the answer at left tackle this season. So I do, think, I do think that Randy Clements, I do think that Mac believes in him, and I do think that they like what they're doing there. Um, but, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing to see how it works out. Sorry about that, John. No worries. Well, let me get one football thought in before we get to the ad break here, too. This is just one observation I had when I was watching uh, the spring game. I found it really interesting, the splits of the wide receivers. Did you all talk about that on, on uh, your call earlier this week? Jason that talked was- about how the wide receivers were outside the numbers at some yeah. And then the, the linemen were also split wide. And that's yeah. a Baylor, a Baylor, Randy Clements, Art Browse thing. The width. Um, it's interesting to me. I think if you're setting up wide like that, maybe that can help account for some of the speed deficits that a William Bards might have. So that might be a good way to scheme around this a little bit. But also I found the wide receiver splits to be very interesting, taking advantage of Drake May's arm strength. Because I don't think you can get away yeah. with that if you have a Connor Harrell or a Tad Hudson back there who maybe doesn't have quite the zip on the ball. But Drake can make every single throw on the field. So I thought that was that was interesting. I, I look forward to hearing Jason break that down a little bit more, and, and we'll see if that uh, continues to be a factor in the offense. Yeah, Connor, I, I, real quick, just to oh, – yeah, I was going to say real quick, that's definitely a, a team that's going to want to space the field just based on the personnel that they have, I think. Um, I think last year – they're a little better at it, but probably the year before, I think they kind of had some issues really kind of really getting guys open outside of probably like a Josh Downs and really getting guys to really be, I guess, kind of those. I mean, it, it just wasn't a ton of opportunities for it. Last year was probably a little bit better, but I think this year they're probably going to get back to really getting, be able to get people the ball in space and really taking advantage of some of the speed that they, I guess, kind of now have. I mean, obviously, again, still have to figure out, figure out, who your main RB is going to be. But I think as far as like your, your, your receiving weapons, I think there's going to be, uh, if you're able to space the field like that, you're going to have a little bit more success. And I think probably you did in, in the last two years. Yeah. I, I mean, a couple of things, and, and then I'm going to take a ad break and we're going to go to the basketball side. One, when you split that wide, um, you, you put your offensive lineman at times on an Island. And Jason's talked about how you can, um, get away with that and handle that. But if you've got a guy that's not quick enough or fast enough to handle a stud defensive end, I don't care how big the split is because he can get underneath you. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch there. To your point, Jeremiah, about the, the receivers, a lot of people keep asking about Andre Green Jr. And he's going to be another guy that gets asked about a lot. I think he's probably the fifth guy um, right now. 
You got the two transfers, McCollum and Walker. They're going to play. They're going to play a ton. You got Kobe Pesor and you've got Gavin Blackwell. Those are going to be your four right now. I think Andre Green is going to play and going to play a lot. One thing about Drake, and if we look at Carolina's offense, and granted it's Chip Lindsey this year and not Longo, eight or nine guys catch balls during a game. You know, and if you've got those four receivers plus the three tight ends that are going to get work, you still got room for one or two more to get some action. I think Carolina's offense is going to be fine. I do think they need to figure out that line and they need to figure out the running back. And, you know, it does not need to rely on Drake May, Drake May, Drake May to save their bacon because we saw last year up until nine and one, Drake did it. Every time he was able to get it done except once. And then when he couldn't, nobody else could either. So it'll be interesting to watch. I know one thing, Adam Smith and Jeremiah Holloway will be talking about it, and John Bowman will be uh, giving some hot takes when we come back on On the Beat. But let me talk about Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Hurricanes are 3-3. I guess it's going to overtime, by the way. Johnny T-shirts place to go. You got all the swag you can get. Jeremiah, we got to get you in Johnny T-shirt and, and tell them that you want your Inside Carolina 10% off. They'll give you whatever you need at 10% off, and then they have a ton of the um, sales and whatever. So okay. they look after you. They look after us. Um, <laughs> they're our friends. National Guys Pay the Bills for the audio version of the podcast. It's on the beat live. It's about 942 on the East Coast. We shall be back after the break. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. All right, fellas, we're back after the break. Adam Smith, give me some basketball news. Tell me tell me you've heard some basketball news that settles the masses. I know this is Sherelle McMillan and Joey Powell and Sean Moran's foray, um, but, but tell me that you have got some basketball answers that settles the masses. How do we feel about a starting lineup next season of R.J. Davis – Cormac Ryan, Matthew Cleveland, Harrison Ingram, and Armando Baycott. Now I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, I mean, Anything I think I was possible. seeing. I, I thought I saw some comments on the message boards today. Like that would be a pretty solid lineup. Um, bring Jalen Withers off the bench. You know, um, that would be that. I think that'd be a pretty good little lineup. Um, you see the comments speaking what into what existence, Adam. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is crazy, though, to, to me, that, and I mentioned it when we were talking about the no offseason type deal, is that it is April 19th, and Carolina has how many viable, vi- viable players on their basketball roster at the moment? I got some spots open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just wild. Um, I listened to a, a podcast on another – with somebody else on with Paxson Wojcik. I mean, he's coming to play and, you know, theoretically he could be seventh or eighth or ninth on the bench, or he could be very, very important 
um, and playing heavy minutes, depending on what happens in the next couple minutes. Jeremiah, you hadn't been following Carolina as closely, and it is crazy. You graduated from Carolina, went to South Carolina for a year, and the only two people that are on the roster that you <laughs> saw play when you were in school are R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott. Yeah. And crazy. It's, it's kind of funny to think about. Uh, Armando was uh, – he was a freshman my sophomore year because obviously so he's taking that fifth year. So it's like he's one of those guys when people say, oh, I've been there forever. Armando's going to be one of those guys. Leaky was one of those guys. Um, so, I mean, it's uh, – they're, they're definitely starting from scratch. They are definitely in – I mean, I know they have a couple of returning guys. I understand that. But for all intents and purposes, you know, they're, they're kind of starting from scratch, you know. So that would be interesting to see. Yeah. Adam. I, go ahead. Adam, I had, I had kind of the same thought you did too where it's like that roster that you just threw out there, that's kind of like the best-case scenario. It is. Sport. I mean, I don't – right. Like I'm not trying to say that we know that that's going to happen at all. Yeah. Uh, just – uh, I mean, I personally, I, you know, anybody that knows me knows I love some wings. Give me a six, six to six, eight, any fantasy basketball lineup I've ever put together is basically just a bunch of six, five to six, nine guys that can fly. You know, we don't need any centers. We don't need any point guards. Let's just get a bunch of, <laughs> you know, Ray Allen's and let's get after it. You know, like give me Tracy McGrady. This is I'm dating myself because this is when I used to play fantasy best. Give me oh, Tracy hold on Brady and Ray Allen and everyone else. And uh, you know, oh I was gonna show Rell, you watch yourself. Uh, no, I was gonna show you something. I've got no, I'll a, the comment a, from Rail, the drums are flat. Oh uh, Google it. That's uh, where I thought you were going. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I like I I the drum <laughs> Let me let me butt in. I was gonna show you I have a Mount Zion autographed basketball. Nice. Um, with McGrady, Max Owens, and Max a bunch Owens. of other dudes back there. Um, before McGrady was even anybody. Turned That's out my to be era, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I remember seeing McGrady and Max Owens play at Mount Zion. They played the game in the Smith Center. Did you go to that one, Tommy? Yep, absolutely. And I had a friend of mine who um, worked up there and, and got the ball. They signed it in ballpoint pens. Okay. Sent a Sharpie with it. I got a bunch of faded out ballpoint pen autographs on prop one until Montverde started being good. Probably one of the best basketball teams high school ever on um, that bunch. But to your point, give me Houston, right? Give me Houston and Arkansas type teams. Oh my that God. Have, that have all yeah. those type guys. I'd love to see Carolina roll some things out uh, like that. John Bowman, what you got? Yeah, but I was that's someone in the comments. George said we do not know the best case yet. I think that is fair. There are still some uncertain pieces in the transfer yep. portal. There are some players who could reclass. There are some players who could come back from the NBA draft process. But Sherelle McMillan is in is in the chat, and he is very closely, tightly looped in with what's happening on the UNC basketball recruiting front. And the names being thrown around right now: Harrison Ingram, Matthew Cleveland. Or Mac Ryan, and then this Brady Dunlop guy, who, who I think is more of a, a long-term project at this point. So just to set it straight with our viewers, as I understand it, UNC has four scholarships available. So they have four scholarships, and they have a lot of minutes. They have a lot of minutes mm -hmm. because we know Hubert likes to play this iron five lineup or you know five starters, heavy minutes, maybe not use the bench a little bit. So I was you know, maybe a little shaky 
Tommy, when you were saying uh, Paxton Wojcik is going to get a lot of minutes, I think as the roster is currently set up, you know, there's not a lot of guys who are going to, you know, be in contention for that starting lineup. I think right now Paxton is going to play a lot of minutes. But if we get into that scenario where UNC gets Harrison Ingram, Cormac Ryan, you know, Matthew Cleveland, I think that's where the, the roster is going to start to get set there. And you're going to see, okay, this is the team that we have. This is the team we're going to roll with. We have filled up some of those wing slots. Um, and then, you know, from there, I think it's going to be interesting when, when the dust all settles, if, if that is the quote unquote best case scenario here. I'd love to know what they're, so what Harrison Ingram, shout out Sherelle, by the way, who is, I mean, the guy is incredibly impressive. I mean, I'm hanging on for dear life. Every word I read. <laughs> <him>. um, <laughs> so like, okay, what is it? Ingram and Cormac Ryan are on campus right now, or both are, gonna be soon is that correct or Cormac I guess was there Tuesday or Wednesday something like that today's Wednesday that might be like, premium information man are that you trying be... to get those guys to meet each other is what I'm saying you know what yeah. I mean like, are you trying to say like hey guys uh what is <laughs> Joey Powell's cracking me up uh what is... I do love Matthew Cleveland there we go rail thank you get your boy get your backwards fitted Joey Powell under control over there um mm-hmm. Yeah, Joey didn't like uh, live shows. He's sure in ours. How about that, Joey? <laughs> I appreciate this court from Joey, the OG Joey Powell. Give him um, grief, Joey. <laughs> both are on campus right now. I mean, you, you, I assume they're all getting the 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 grand tour together. Um, you know, I wonder if you're like, hey, let's go out here and run a pick and roll. Uh, you know, like let's get some shots up in the ding dong. Um, so I just I think I just wonder how these conversations have got to be unreal, because um, like I mean look at like Nick Timberlake goes to Kansas today, you know I'm sure UNC would have liked to have him, but that doesn't happen. So I mean the amount of shifting on the fly that has to happen, the different conversations, the pieces here, the pieces there, you know who knows what Armando is telling these dudes because Armando is supposed to be a great recruiter. Um, I don't know, but yeah, I mean. I'm assuming it, we should have somebody staking it out over there, really, honestly. If Ross was here, he'd be driving around Chapel Hill, like, you know, trying to find him, basically, I think is what he'd be up to. Well, he, he's in he's in Southeast Asia right now, I guess. Have you heard from him, Adam? Yeah, he. he I think he's watching. He texted me just a minute ago. Really? I don't know what time it is. It's funny, I've talked to him pretty regularly, and he'll be like, you know, he'll be like, it's 3 a.m. in Bangkok. Like, and I'm like, oh man, God, I'm sorry. Like, go to bed. Oh, my clock's all up anyway, you know. So, well, what look, it's about uh, almost 10 p.m. in North Carolina. Jeremiah sort of closes out here, button up what we've talked about. We've talked about how this portal is affecting football. The portal has got basketball chaotic, it's got inside Carolina chaotic with rail and Don on the other side of it and Adam and you and all of us working just sort of um, speak to your your first week or so <laughs> here on the beat um, and I can tell you it's only going to get busier but uh, just just what are your thoughts here yeah just like what it's been like so far like yeah here. what it's been like what do you expect yeah. Any, yeah. this is sort of our open floor, open mic segment of the show. So, sure, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's been good. Uh, so, um, for I guess for those of y'all who weren't on, uh, right at first, the spring game was my first, I guess, official day, official assignment 
Um, and honestly, that went pretty well, went pretty smooth. Um, obviously, it was an exhibition. So exhibition for me, too, you know, kind of allowed myself to, uh, you know, get get acclimated, reacclimated to the to the area and then obviously acclimated to here. Um, but so far, it's been good, you know, been uh, refreshing myself. Um, I've been telling people like, you know, it's the difference between, uh, you know, keeping up and watching games like I did last year um, when I had the opportunity to watch games. The difference between that and doing what, you know, somebody like Adam was doing, like kind of being on the ground all the time, being the ones from the people. It's like that, and at least keeping it in your, in your mind. So uh, now that I'm back doing that, you know, I've been, you know, giving myself like different crash courses on football and men's basketball. One thing that I'm kind of looking forward to this year is, uh, you know, also adding some uh, some women's basketball coverage into the, the content just because I, I kind of come from that space a little bit. So, um, you know, that's something I'm looking forward to. And then just, you know, while before, obviously, the, you know, fall practices and things like that start, man, I'm really just trying to, you know, um, like I said, just, you know, get myself up to speed and make sure that when the seasons do start, I'm, you know, kind of the best version of myself that I can be and, like, you know, yeah, just, just be able to, to plug in and, and all those good things. So, so far it's been good, man. Uh, the triangles, uh, obviously great area, you know, so been able to, again, return to the triangle, things like that. So, um, but yeah, so far it's been, it's been good. I guess we're coming up on, uh, a week now and, uh, yeah. So, so, so far I'm, I'm definitely, uh, enjoying, enjoying the time for sure. Just Adam, kick that, in. You're the, you're the old head here, Adam, kick it in. Uh, my head is not, you know, they say I have a five head, not a forehead. Now, this is what my children say. Uh, and they're right. They're absolutely right. But just to add to that, I think I think the 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 IC readership, the IC audience that is so supportive, enthusiastic, great to us that I have come to love uh, very much. Uh, I think they're really going to enjoy Jeremiah. I mean, we we tried to do our homework on this. Who could ever replace Ross Martin? Just like who could ever replace Greg Barnes? Can't can't be done. Um, so Jeremiah and I are just going to be ourselves. And everyone we talked to about Jeremiah had nothing but great things to say. I mean, you know, I don't know if there's any. I, I don't think he has any enemies out there, uh, or he's done a good job of hiding the bodies if he does. Yet, yet, yet. Right, pisses somebody off, but uh, but no, no like, I probably yeah. And then even with 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 what I've been sort of uh, elbow deep in lately with finding our next intern, you know, some of these uh, young guys and young girls that know Jeremiah from having worked under him at the Daily Tar Hill. You know, I was and they all speak great. You know, they all love Jeremiah. Uh, and Glad to hear I have I have nothing bad to report at all so far. I think Jeremiah is going to do great. <laughs> I'm uh, happy to have him. Um, I think we'll be a good team. I mean, if Ross and Greg Barnes want to play two on two, I mean, let's be honest. Ross not gonna be able to guard me. We know that. So <laughs> we can light them up. I don't know if Greg can still move, but uh, I'm confident in what we could do to them in a two on two setting. Yeah. I don't want to get on the golf course with Greg because no guy's literal pro golfer. So um yeah. we'll try to avoid that. But I think everybody's gonna enjoy Jeremiah and welcome him. And I think I think it's gonna be really good. We gotta I'm run gonna- the pick. We got to run the pick and roll, man. That's got to be our, uh, you know, that's got to be our dynamic. Me and uh, the Chapel Fowler, another UNC grad, he's down there at the state, man. So every time I play with Chapel, that's that's what we do. We do the pick and roll, man. So we got to mm-hmm. got to get some of that. Action. Great size though. He's like six five or something. I mean, he. That was a tall dude. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna yeah. We'll, these old guys will defend y'all. Just take your legs out. 
<laughs> we're not trying know, to shoot. fight with you, Tommy. I'm just saying, Ross. No, I'm just saying, shoot his face. Well, off. yeah, I don't. I, I'll let Greg and Ross handle it. Uh, John B, give some uh, push out some uh, some wise advice here. Well, I'll tell you, one of the best parts about working at Inside Carolina is the message boards. We, we've talked about that, but I think that as a college student, I didn't fully understand the message boards and how they worked. So I'll tell you a quick story of my message board story. When I first started as an Inside Carolina intern, this was in 2017, and I, I learned this lesson quickly, and I, I never forgot it. So this was after the, uh, the, the, the Cal game, I think. It was a road game. They went out to California. They played Cal in the 2017 season. Football. I, yeah, football, in football. And I, I went back, and I watched the game, worked really hard on this, like, big breakdown, like, you know, just this crazy, you know, paragraphs long breakdown about the game. And, you know, I'm the video intern. I'm not really supposed to be doing that, but I just went up there and I posted it. And I'll tell you, I got more comments on that one post that I just kind of randomly threw together about the Cal game. than I think I've gotten on all of my other journalism up to that point, like the message boards are so engaged and people love engaging with the content. So you got to just lean into it. And I learned early, you know, there's always going to be some positive comments and some negative comments, but everyone is honest. And the most important thing is they're reading and they're engaging. People on the message boards love UNC Athletics. Uh, so that's my word of advice. you got to lean in a little bit on the message boards uh, and, you know, enjoy having such a tight feedback loop with some of your readers. I think that's one of the best parts about working here. I know that I parachuted in late here. Uh, due to the technical difficult, did we address John's personal life? Is that we did we not? Do? There's some congratulations are in order for John. I don't know if Tommy handled that. that at guy, all. I don't. I'm not aware. Uh, well, I see. That's the problem. You know, I'm an older guy. I'm not on Instagram, but I do have people that send me screenshots of things. Um, <laughs> let so him break it. Let him break it. Let, let him. Yeah, let John. him. Break. Yeah. Yes, Just, I I did have a big event this weekend. I did uh, propose to my girlfriend Adrian. What? Yes, at the bell tower. So we got to all light the bell tower uh, in celebration of that. So, yeah, I uh, kept it on the on on the pretty uh, download, but I was hoping to share that tonight. So yeah, Jeremiah knows Adrian as well. They they went to school together at UNC. So yeah, very exciting stuff. That is cool. Now I need to follow yeah, on yeah. IG so I can check this out, and I need to see. Uh, going into Gregory Hall vein, we need to see photographic proof because <laughs> Gregory Hall had that Manti Teo girlfriend thing going on forever <laughs> until he oh. provided us proof, and uh, she is in fact okay. a real person. So, uh, yeah, so anyway. Jeremiah, Jeremiah can speak to that. Jeremiah was hired actually just for this specific purpose. <laughs> Jeremiah knows knows Adrian, so we're all good there. She does exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome, man. Yeah. Great I'm news too, so I can. You know, I can confirm. And congrats, okay. congrats, Thank you. Thank you. congrats, man. Yes, and yes. Uh, you know, many happy returns and all that. That is awesome. That is awesome for sure. Um, best wishes, my friend. That's all I can add. <laughs> Let me talk a little bit about uh, what's coming in the in the next couple of weeks. We got obviously the podcast, Don Callahan podcast, and I every Wednesday at noon. We'll do another on the beat next week, um, and then who knows what news we'll bring. We'll do any emergency podcast with commitments or, you know, folks entering the portal or committing out of the portal or high school recruits or reclasses, all that kind of stuff. And Greg Barnes and I will get together and do a pretty cool 
next level on Friday and, and bring that to you either Friday or the first part of next week. Um, but a lot to talk about at Inside Carolina Light. We led off to start the show. There is no off season. Um, and that's a shout out and a hat tip to Buck Sanders and Ben Sherman and everybody else at Inside Carolina that sort of makes it all happen and brings you content. Even here in mid to late April, it's still hopping and it's still um, nonstop information on the message boards. Support Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com and we'll see you around the message boards. Welcome, Jeremiah. Adam Smith now has some help. He can relax just a little bit. And we'll see you guys again next week.